politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Hello and Potoms Up, episode 74 coming at you. This is Fred. I think you all still remember how horrible I sound, <laughs> but uh, yeah. We were gone a couple weeks on a little mental health sabbatical, but uh, we've managed to regroup and uh, we heard it all. The cats got them in one place and uh, we're ready to give it another shot, have a little bit of fun. Oh, we're hoping that they missed us. <laughs> well. <laughs> and that we heard the cries for more Potoms Up. <laughs> See, I think we just drank the beer supply so low in our area. That we take a few weeks off for it to replenish. Yeah, yeah, we, we had to make it fair for the rest of the people in the state. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what was getting low was the beer cooler because, you know, we were always having, you know, to buy four and then only drink one, you know, on the review, sometimes two if we want. But, right. you know, we were bringing in a steady stream of beer into the in, into our households. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I've definitely uh, noticed a uh, a reduction in the home inventory since we haven't been recording they went all from the store shelves into our own fridges <laughs> and now our fridge supply has gone down shelves or supplies are back up we had to resume because for a while there when we started doing this remote it was getting hard to find place in the refrigerator at least in my beer refrigerator which is a small one to, you know, to, to put the beer, you, you got a full size beer refrigerator there, knobs, but yeah, and even that was starting to fill up real quick, <laughs> which wasn't a bad problem, right? I'm not, that's not a complaint. No, the only bad problem is that we had such a stretch of like really bad beers. I didn't want to drink most of it, ah, but you did, you know, <laughs> but I did, yeah. <laughs> especially on some of those 90 plus degree days. Uh, almost anything tastes good, tastes yeah. anything cold tastes good then. The fruit flight fight, whatever it was called, tasted good on those days. Uh, I bet it did. Yeah. I know. I noticed I, that I still have the, the beer that did make it through the, the, the drought that we had was all the uh, stout and heavy beers. <laughs> it's like right now they just don't sound appealing. So... Been pu- I keep constantly pushing them out of the way, just digging for anything else in the back of the fridge, you know, and it was getting a little thin. Uh, hey, uh, Fred, I think I jumped in there while you were still doing intros. So just in <laughs> oh, case, no, no, that's uh, okay. you know, people are tuning in for the first time in a while or forgot who we were. Uh, I'm, I'm Blotto and Knobs uh, is uh, behind the glass on the control board. And that's all I need to know about that. Let's get to the beer. Yes. You don't want to know nothing about 1974, eh? <laughs> rock history, <laughs> all that. <laughs> uh, what do you got? What do you got? 1974 rock history. 
1974 is a special year to me because that was the year of my first car, my AMC Gremlin, which to this day may still be my very favorite car of all time. But on to music and rock and roll. Um, 1974 was kind of uneventful other than the things that stuck out stuck out to me about it was the launching of some big bands. Uh, one of them being the Ramones. On mm-hmm. March 30th, they played their first show at a place called Performance Station in New York City. And then another big launch was April 5th. Van Halen played their first gig at a place called Gazaris in Hollywood. Huh. And, and then there was one other big thing that came up. On 29th of July, Neil Peart officially joined Rush. So it was a, it was a year of beginnings. There weren't any any real big deaths or anything like that. So, Fred, you're missing something very important, though, in 74. 74. <laughs> One of the best albums of all time was released in 74. They didn't list it on this list I had. What was it? Sheer Heart Attack. Oh, you know... Queen, in 1974, played their first North American show in Colorado, and they opened up for Martha Hoople. But Bono would appreciate that. And sure, Art Attack is a good album, but it's not one of the best ever. So. It that could be another even, podcast. It wasn't uh, that's, that's, way too, that's way too tall uh, uh, a list. Uh, Sorry, it's no Bob Dylan. <laughs> I probably would only put about six of his in the top ten. <laughs> Is that all? I thought you were going to say six in the top five. <laughs> That'd be a blotto thing to do. Uh, well, you know, you got to make room for some Boz Skaggs in there and uh, you know, Don McLean. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Beer time. Was was this my beer? Yes. <laughs> for the for the listener, they may not even really get that, but uh, for the regular listener, they would. Okay, so I have provided today from Tapestry Brewing, which you know there seems to be two spellings of tapestry. Yes, this is the weird one, and but I, I've seen both in different places when I, when I Google this and it doesn't just come up on the, on the, as a brewery when you spell it with an I and not an E. So maybe one's the Canadian version. It's a metric version. <laughs> um, so from Tapas Brewery, uh, Mr. Orange, Belgian style, Vital, with blood oranges, chamomile and rose hips. Um, they say on the can here, uh, reach for this refreshing blood orange wit beer and enjoy the soft haze with herbal notes of chamomile and rose hips. Uh, I haven't picked up on the ABV yet. I didn't see it. All right. Well, uh, we'll look for that. Is Tapestry the church? Is that the brewery? Vivant. Oh, Vivant is the church. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Orange is 5.7. Oh, okay. Um, 
it is supposed to be printed on the can, so it must be here somewhere. And I'll tell you how I know that. Because when you purchase a growler, they're technically supposed to write the ABV on the growler. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ooh, it's a weird aroma. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, is that I, the chamomile? I got, I got, yeah, I guess so. I got no head at all. Nope. Nope. I, 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 pour, I poured the full 16 right into the glass. Yep. I did the same thing, and it just stayed at about an eighth of an inch the whole way up. Hmm. You, you know, when, when I bought this, maybe I didn't even realize that it wasn't orange, that it was blood orange. And I think we, we, I know we've done another blood orange beer. Yeah, it wasn't even that long ago. And I, I don't think I like blood orange. And after tasting this, I'm trying to figure out who would. Well, in the defense of blood oranges, if you ever have one straight off a tree, to me, they were sweeter than a regular, like, um, orange, orange. (laughs) Naval orange or whatever. I don't know what the specific names are, but they're really sweet. And I don't taste sweet, which I keep expecting out of these blood orange beers sort of be on the sweet. I don't think they're sweet, Fred. That's why I, I maybe they are. I don't know. Um, I, I've had them off trees. Okay. Climbed, climbed up and got them. No, trees are small. <laughs> Well, Bob, you got a reaction going? Mm, I know we've had a few blood orange beers before. Uh, one from Sheboygan that we, I think we all liked. So I don't necessarily think it's the blood orange okay. that we're not sure on. I think it's mixing the blood orange with other stuff. And for me, I think it's more the chamomile and the rose hips that it says is on here. Yeah. Uh, I th- it's just an odd pairing, I think. I'm not really going for the chamomile, especially. Uh, that's that's what hit me uh, first. Um, uh, you're, well, we did like the Sheboygan blood orange honey. Yes. Yes, and that was that got the full uh, for me across the board. Yeah, they're still making that, I think, because I I've seen it recently. Yep, I've seen that recently too. I like that one. Well, chamomile, isn't that used a lot in tea, correct? Mm-hmm. Tea and beer should never cross swords. Right? Yeah, you don't cross the streams. That's right. That's what I meant. I don't, to know. I don't even know where swords came from. <laughs> my, my third sip is a little bit better. Um, but I, I'm not really liking it. You know, the it, first the first impression I had from my first sip is it almost reminded me of like a Christmas beer or something. You, you know what I mean? It had like a, a spice to it that it reminded me of Christmas. It Now that I'm like on my third sip, it's kind of gone away. But that initial sip, it was weird. It was like, what is this, a holiday beer? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's gone now, but. It's, um. It's it's rather thick. It's it's got a heavy mouthfeel. 
it's 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 not a thin beer at all. And as a wheat beer, I would expect it to be a little bit thinner. And what I'm picking up on the finish is it it finishes kind of clean, but then comes back. A little aftertaste going on. Is anyone else picking up on that? Yeah, the, the back of my mouth, I can. Like, 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 take a sip and then set it down and then let it wash away. And then you, you feel it kind of coming back. Hmm. I'm not really liking it, to be honest. Picking that up. It's kind of yucky to me. <laughs> is, that yeah. a, is that a true beer terminology? Yucky? Yes, it is. <laughs> Kind of yucky. Well, I I got to agree. It's not really blowing my skirt up. I don't think it's for me. It, I, it's there are many better wheat beers to choose from, and I think they've just done too much with this one. Yes, because a wheat beer should be really clean. Leave it with just the blood orange. I think this would have been really good. Could have been. Could have been. been a contender. Uh, but it's really thick. Yeah, I'm not buying into what they're selling here. Mm. Well, you know, we'll probably finish them as the days are still hot. Yep. Well, I only had the one, so I'm, I'm one and done here. Oh, oh, well, I still have three more. <laughs> You can have them, or your neighbors can have them. <laughs> yeah, there's always that. <laughs> uh, so uh, we, uh, it's been like three weeks, right? Four? Yep. I think three. Uh, three full weeks that we've missed. And, you know, the world is still on fire, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the COVID problem in the United States hasn't really gotten any better. Some would say worse. Uh, some, well, when some, when some some data to back that up, when the Bahamas kicks you out, <laughs> you know you're on fire. Well, you can still go to Disney World. Yeah, you can go to Disney World, but you can't go to the Bahamas. So th that just reinforces our shithole country status if the Bahamas are kicking us out. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I mean, we, we can start with COVID. I was just sort of saying, you know, for the last three weeks, um, you know, it's, uh, if we thought things were going to, sort of, you know, mellow out. That didn't happen. Well, well let, let's look at some lowest common denominators of what's going on in the last couple of weeks since we've been away. Which states are causing the problems? There's three or four main ones. And three out of four of them are red states who had governors who refused to do anything dear leader didn't dictate that that i mean that that's the lowest common denominator with those yeah i i, I mean it, it doesn't take uh you know a rocket scientist to figure out you know 
causation. Right. Correlation and causation. Uh, and, you know, there's a, it, it seems like, and even the presidents has even said so, it, it seems like they're just trying to move into this world of, we're just going to live with it. No, you're just going to die with it. <laughs> well, but, but you, you know what I mean? That, that seems to be the place where they're most comfortable right now. Well, I think Trump's quote was, it is what it is. Yeah. And for the most part, are, 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 are the populations in, in these red states just dumb enough to go along with it? I don't, I don't know. It seems like when you get to the the lower levels in the state, starting with the common population, that's where the 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 crying out is the most. And then as you go up the food chain, it gets less and less the closer you get to dear leader. You, you what do you mean? I'm, no, I don't know what you mean. I mean, the general population, I don't think they're buying into it, but they are at the mercy of the politicians who are running these these states. In, instead of having shut, you know, lockdowns, they're, they're not having it. Instead of closing off certain businesses that are... Right, but, but I'm putting it back on the population, right? We, we, we know that... The governors of Florida, Georgia, Arizona, Texas, you know, we, we, we know those guys are sycophants for the president. But what about the people? Well, a lot of the people believe that it's no worse than the flu, that masks are more harmful than they do help, or that the numbers aren't accurate and it's not a big deal. It's, so, yeah, I, yeah, to, to your point is the, the, the population is willing to uh, you know, just go along with what their governor is saying. Like like I wonder, you know, if, if you go into the Piggly Wiggly in Georgia right now, how many people are wearing masks? Not because, enough. you know, you, 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 you go to the Kroger around here and basically 100% of the people are wearing masks. Uh-huh. But you look at a state like Florida. They're, what's their biggest county? Miami? Dade. Miami-Dade. And the mayor of that city has been fighting DeSantis tooth and nail, try, trying to shut things down and et cetera. And it's just not going anywhere because of DeSantis. Mm-hmm. So I I don't, I guess I just don't see it completely from all those states being in that position where they're just going to live with it. It seems like a place like Miami-Dade is trying not to, but they're being overruled. Well, what, and- what you're seeing there is the more left-leaning populated cities. Right. Same thing with Atlanta, right? And then the, the, the governor comes through and says, no, you can't, you can't force people to wear masks. Mm-hmm. Which, 
What what is their motivation behind that? It's just they don't want to give in to it. But what's what's so here here I right. I mean the Republicans never cease to amaze me in some respects. Um and uh, to that effect, a little plug here, I'm reading The Imposters uh, by Steve uh, Bennon, I think his name is. He works for The Rachel Maddow Show. Oh, yeah. Uh, great book. So highly recommend it. Um, but what does the, the governor can... Uh, kind of make it seem like it's out of his control, right? He can he can add some some controls to his states. He can limit the spread, but yet say he has nothing to do with it. And these mayors are acting on their own. So I don't understand what the political gain is by deliberately saying, no, you can't do that. They, they have all... They have only everything to win by saying, okay, you guys can do it and I can't control you. And if the numbers start to get better, he can claim victory that he's doing the right things. What's the what what's the downside for him by letting these democratic or progressive mayors do what they want to do? That's what I that's the part I can't understand. There's no downside to me. I think you might have already said it. Well, that the governors can't control the mayors. So it's why about control? They can't lose. But, but, but why bother? What, I, what I'm saying is, let them do it, and then you know you can just say, "Hey, I, I'm not going to interfere with the way the mayor wants to run the, the 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 city. I'm not forcing people to wear masks, but if they want to, like, is it?" Is the downside the people that are within those city limits or that travel to those city limits bitching about having to wear the mask and then therefore they're saying the governor should do something about it? Is it the other, you know, whack jobs and Trumpsters and, you know, cult members that are that he's fearing because he won't step in? I think these governors want to make a a mindless show of solidarity to just stay in lockstep with whatever dumbass is saying. Yeah, but but almost any time you can distance yourself but not have, you know, not be questioned about it, you do it. Not, I, and they don't every time. You're right, Fred. But if you can distance yourself from the president but blame somebody else, I would do it. <laughs> If, if 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 my goal was to just you know stay in power, I, I don't know. In, in the meantime, yeah, okay, let's get more people sick and more people die, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and exert my might over these uh, over these municipalities. I just don't get it. The first time I heard that the guy from Florida was doing it, and I can't think of his name right now. DeSantis. No, um, did I say Florida or Georgia? The guy from Georgia. Oh. Uh, anyway. I can't think uh, of the same either. The first time I heard it, I was kind of like, why would he do that? It still doesn't make any sense to me. But they do a lot of things that don't make sense. 
because they're idiots. That's really what it is at the end of the day. They're just morons. And they're probably not up for re-election. Um, you know, it, it, this book, Imposters, just real quick, I'll go back to that. I, I could pull out a few passages, but over and over again, what he points out was how <laughs> they would start to work on a solution on a problem. And maybe it would lead to some good legislation. And then as soon as the Democrats got behind it, then they had to be against it. Right. So they would craft bipartisan legislation. <laughs> and then the Democrats would say, yeah, OK, those are decent compromises. And then they would say, oh, no, then we're not voting for it. <laughs> and they've basically <laughs> been doing it since, uh, of course, early Obama. But even before that, they even did it with Bush. On things like immigration. It's very funny how often it happened. Funny is a weird word to describe that. Well, sad, funny, sad for the, yeah. for the, you, you know, the U.S. citizens as we uh -huh. try and, uh, you know, make, uh, make our lives better, make our country better. So sad in that respect. Anyway, uh, back to the pandemic. I, you know, I don't know what the, uh, I, remember, I thought this was going to last a week. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that a few days ago. You're going to be out of the news by Monday. You thought it was going to be 15 people and then down to near zero, right? No, 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 no. I just thought it was more flu-like. That's all. I thought lots of people would get infected, just like lots of people get infected with the flu. That's all. But, see, I'm an example of how when you look at the data, you can change your mind. That I'm not beholden to my, uh, you know, uh, uh, misconceptions. Like some others we know. Like mm -hmm. many we, and many more that we don't know. Uh <laughs> uh, one of the most challenging things I, I think about this pandemic, uh, and I think we may have talked about this on our last episode of the episode before, but it, it, it it's, it's still becoming just as, as challenging. And, and that is the schools and what to do for school. Um, I, I personally don't feel that there are uh, real good choices here. Nope. There really isn't. It's, it's lose-lose. It, it, it is. Um, I, I, I believe that uh, kids have to get back to school. I believe that uh, for uh, many families, it's important that their kids go to school for all kinds of reasons, especially lower economic families. Yeah, so they can eat. Uh, so, that, so they can eat, so that parents can work more. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that there are really uh, great solutions here. 
Well, you know, and I'll, another thing about it, it doesn't help we have a blood sucker for a secretary of education. You know, yeah. she's not helping anything. She, uh, she's, zero. She's off on her own astral plane. Just out of touch. Just ridiculous. She, she just doesn't care. She's too rich he, to care. She is. Yeah. Yeah. She's got what all was that the, money. It's what was that? What was that coat that uh, Melania wore? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I just I don't know what was on the jacket, though. I can picture it, except for the words. Google it. I'm sure it's very... <laughs> But that's was, yeah. That that to me is, um, you know, what DeVos is all about. I really don't care. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so she's just trying to stay on message with Trump only. Like that's what her goal is. Just so she can continue on with her. Uh, her agenda of defunding public schools and getting more public tax dollars towards private schools that uh, she and her friends own. I mean, that, that's her one and only goal. Yeah, she, she doesn't even hide it either. I mean, she, she's, it's right up front with her. And, and unfortunately, this is not really on our list of things to talk about, but unfortunately, the Supreme Court is, you know, ruling her way more and more. You know, they they had one of their their rulings come down this summer in in favor of a religious school. Yeah, I think it was in Montana. Getting getting public funds. That makes zero sense. It, it, it does make zero sense. And and they're, they're choosing to go off on their own. So why should you? Nah, doesn't make sense. I, I mean, because they're not, you know, the idea of public education is it's available to every student, right? You, you don't have to be accepted. Right. And we're guaranteeing that education to a certain extent. I mean, there's there's so little that's guaranteed anymore in the United States. I feel like Trump wants to do away with certain areas of the government, for example, Department of Education, and just fills these positions with people that will unstabilize and make it look bad so that it's it's deemed as useless and can be cut and gutted. And that has... Is that that too 3D chess for him or... Um, Well, it's probably not him... You know, it's it's probably people behind him, you know, the Stephen Millers of the world. However, I do think, you know, that most of that has blown up in his face. Like the the people that he's put in charge um, have been basically even too incompetent to bring those departments down. Right. Right. Uh, You know, uh, Scott Pruitt, for instance. Right. I, I mean. Uh, he had tactical shorts. <laughs> he Give what? him some credit. He what? He had tactical pants. Oh, yeah. Come on. Uh, Give him some credit. 
he had his own um, skiff. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did build his own skiff. Yeah, he did. It was only $41,000. So he could have conversations with lobbyists uh, about how to destroy the environment in private. And Jeff Bezos called Amazon, ordered some tactical pants. Um, so that's why it really hasn't worked. But then there's been a few, you know, that I don't think it's really worked, but maybe it's chipping away at it, like the bet, you know, Betsy DeVos and mm-hmm. um, you know, Ben Carson. My man. And uh, who was the guy that he put in charge of the Department of Energy who didn't even know what the Department of Energy was? Was that that oh. old that old crow from Chicago? That no, 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 no. He was a, he he ran for president. Oh, 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 oh! Um, the guy from Arizona, uh, Rick. Yeah, Rick. See, we are rusty, but Man. Uh, he's gone, right? Didn't he step down? He resigned. Yeah. 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 Because right yeah. now it's some Dan. You know, everything's acting. Guy. Everything's acting. Yeah. The, the guy from Arizona who was a uh, secretary of energy, he got. Rick he Perry. started Rick Perry. He bailed out when the whole uh, Ukraine thing was going on. Yeah. <laughs> he got his and got out. Uh, yeah. He just disappears. It's just a revolving door of people through that administration. Probably took a wheelbarrow full of cash with him when he left. Yeah, lots of money and energy. Um, anyway, uh, so we, we kind of went off on a tangent there about back to school. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add to, to that topic, Fred. Well, I... I, I I agree that at some point the kids got to get back to school, work towards getting back to normalcy for their sake and the parents' sake. But they got to do it so that the kids are protected, the teachers are protected, the other people that make it all work are protected. And, and they're in, in just like with everything else. Okay. But let me, let me, let me play devil's advocate on that. Okay. okay. I, I agree with you, but let's just say it's not practical. Like you can't get there. Like these, these schools aren't equipped to go to classrooms that are half their size. You, you, no. you know what I mean? I mean, I, you know this 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 is going on in colleges as well and uh you know my son is rather ticked off because you know his professors have already decided they're just going to do online classes they're not even going to try and maintain classes with social distancing they've they've just said nope we'll just do it online they could. They don't have the infrastructure to do it. What, what do you want them to do? 
if they don't have the facilities and the buildings and the classrooms that they can like follow. I, said, I, I, I don't know, Fred. I, I just, I, 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 I suppose you can't open the schools. But, but, but see, here's but then, a but then you've got to, then you've got to be prepared to do all kinds of other things. It's, it's, it, 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 it there are no good answers. Well, see, all that minutia in, in the things you're trying to come up with answers about, that that's for the people with logic and, and a P for a brain. The reason that dumbass wants the kids back in school is because he wants the parents back to work so the economy will start to pick up so he can get reelected. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It, it all the minutia and all the maneuvering we're talking about trying to make it happen or not happen that that irregardless he doesn't think about that that doesn't even enter the equation he wants it done so he can get reelected just let's cut to the chase that's all it is with him sorry <laughs> Right. No, no, I, I that that's the that, that's that's the Trump part, I get. But it it it's coming from him down. Everyone trying to force this through and ram it down our throats. I'm all for it if they can do it safely. But they can't do it safely. That's what I'm saying, right? They, 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 you really can't do it safely. You can't open the schools safely. Well, then do it online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well, there's, not, there's a real downside to that too though okay mr it what's that <laughs> well no it's not even the it side of it it's there's a lot of families that work two jobs oh right One person working while the child is at school and now they're out of that job they can't they can't go back to work if the child is home no correct and this mainly uh affects the, you know the, the lower economic class. Yes, absolutely. No, it, it, like I said, there are no good answers, and um, you, you know, open the schools and roll the die. Man, that sucks too. You know, I, I mean, it's you know, water over the bridge or under the dam or whatever you want to call it. Over the dam, under the bridge. You had it. But I like my way better, but because it describes the chaos of this administration. That's why other countries got their shit together before school. Well, you know yeah. what cracks me up is is if if I've seen it once, I've seen it ten times. This meme slash news article about. Denmark schools have opened up with no problems. Well, guess what? Denmark bothered to flatten the curve from the right. beginning so things could start reopening, you bunch of dumbasses. Quit sending me that meme, dumbasses. <laughs> God. Uh. You know the thing about, like, with our dumbass, he just keeps saying, Open the schools, open the schools. He doesn't care what has to be done to open the schools. He doesn't want to take on any of the issues in opening the schools. He doesn't want to do the work in opening the schools. Doesn't it kind of remind you of like when he first heard about the pandemic 
and that lazy piece of shit was too lazy. He's terrified to take on any responsibility. This is just an echo of what happened back in January and February. This business with the schools. He he just thinks that it's going to happen because he wants it to happen. But he, he he won't do the work. He won't make the decisions. He he won't put it, put his neck out on the line. I think he's also incapable of putting himself into other people's shoes. He, oh, yeah. He's, never, no, he's, no, never, he's yeah. never sent his kids to school. He doesn't know the troubles of sending children to schools. So well, even he, if he did, he's, you know, there's people that do but don't have empathy. I mean, he just lacks right. empathy. You know? it, it's, it's both. He, he can't do it. He has no idea what it is like for someone to be in that situation. Well, he lacks empathy just all around. Yeah. So. I don't know. He, he showed a little empathy this week towards somebody. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Giselle. What's her name? Giselaine. 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 Giselani. No, it's, it's Lane. Here, I, I know, Fred, is, isn't it I know how you gotta feel about this because isn't it just so ironic, right? About you know the 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 way that uh, Trumpsters want to just scream about you know pedophilia from Biden and Clinton and uh, Bill Clinton and and then uh, you know Hillary Clinton and her Pizza Gate story and all that stuff. When you have the real facts, the real facts of the president supporting a uh, a person charged with pedophilia, it's just silence. It, it, it's it's astounding to me the hypocrisy. It's beyond astounding. I I don't even know what the word is for it. Not not a peep out of the right. No. Especially the religious wrong. Where the fuck are they? Uh, a bunch of hypocrites. Bible thumping hypocrites. Gotta make me sick. Yeah, I, I just kind of got into it um, today with one. And I will share a little bit of our exchange because why? Well, okay, and 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 you 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 probably don't see this, okay. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, somebody posted an anti-Trump meme about how they're tired of him, right? And then this guy wrote uh, because he's telling the truth, and the truth hurts. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so then I wrote, yeah, you know, he lied over 20,000 times. And then he said, well, you can't believe everything you hear on CNN. And then I said, you know, well, how do you determine what CNN's lying about unless you're saying they lie all the time? And then he deflected. And then uh, he wrote, no, I don't agree with all he says, but uh, but the economy was uh, was the best in years. Unemployment is low. 
and he's hated by so many, and he's not a politician. So then I wrote, the economy is not great for everyone. Wages are low. Middle class is, middle class is shrinking. He's totally a politician, only cares about it, right? And so then here comes the part that I guess I shouldn't have been surprised about. I respect your opinion, but honestly, <laughs> Obama destroyed the economy and Democrats embraced him. They've done nothing but oppose him. Too bad we can't sit down and talk. Uh, <laughs> I'm retired from the army after 40 years, and I'm so tired of all the evil in the world. And yes, I'm a Christian and a pastor. Do I know him? No, but just as you were saying, I'm a Christian and a pastor. Yeah. So what does that mean? It, it, it means nothing. It's it, and and that's the shame, right? It means absolutely nothing. I mean, you got this guy. I I wish her well to a accused sex trafficker of children of young girls and he, and he just says it flippantly you know and a reporter asked him about it saying something about you know what do you think of her having the power to give you know to mm-hmm. give goods on powerful men and, and I think the, the reporter may have actually even been trolling him a little yeah. bit but, but regardless <laughs> He, he turns around and says, well, I don't know much about it, but I really wish her well. He said it like two or three times and like, you got to be kidding me. Have you ever once heard him wish the children at the border that have been permanently separated and scarred? Correct. Yeah, no, of course not. Have you ever wished any of them well? Has, has he wished George Floyd's family well? No. Yeah. Anything else, you know? <laughs> in in their silence, there's crickets from the right. I don't even know how those people live with themselves. I, they must not have mirrors in their houses because I don't know how they could look at themselves at the end of a day when, when they allow this crap to go on. <laughs> Seriously. You know, by him saying that in, in uh, typical... Uh, my boss fashion, y- you know, he's sending a message to her. Yep. Saying, you know, well, if you could find it in your dear little black heart to not, you know, implicate me in all these goings on, I'll commute your sentence or maybe pardon you. And do you think he would care what anybody thought of him if he did it? I, I I could see. No, very- they'll just make up some stuff about. Well, where's the proof? <laughs> What's the proof? I took it as a different way. You you took it as a what? A threat? Yeah, absolutely. You think so? Yes. I don't know. I I I think she holds the cards. Although with our Department of Justice, that's all just shit in the wind anymore. Anyways. It, it, Convictions don't merely mean a whole lot anymore. So, well, we all thought Epstein held the cards as well. Next thing you know, a few cameras go out and he winds up dead. <laughs> he committed suicide. What? Well, I mean, yeah, you heard the reports. Here's 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 what's likely to happen then, right? Typically, 
this dually gets a better deal, right? If you rat your friends out, you get a lesser sentence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here, if you don't rat your friends out, you get a lesser sentence. That's yeah. what's going to happen. She's going to get a deal that says if you keep your mouth shut, you go away for two years. If you don't keep your mouth shut, you go away for 15. All right. I'm going to make a Nobstradamus prediction. Ah, I love it. Ready for this? The COVID threat is going to get real. Trump is going to start hammering home on how deadly this thing is. Ghislaine is going to get it and die in prison. <laughs> he, has, he has to make sure that this thing is deadly. and Everyone knows it, that it's not just the flu, and then she's going to fall victim to it. <laughs> there it is. Start writing the book. How, 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 how perfectly perfect, right? Like with the with a sinister laugh. <laughs> yep, he's just sitting behind the desk, all Mister Burns like. Excellent. Uh, hey, la- last thing to touch on here uh, before break, and we get to something that hopefully tastes a little bit better. Uh. Are we are we in the midst of the Civil War now? Uh, well, like, like, is it is it going on in in a fashion that we don't even want to admit it? I'm I'm trying to figure out what it's about. What exactly is this impending Civil War about? I, I don't I don't. Quite. Well, yeah, I always challenge people on that, but but I, I'm just saying that you know, Trump releasing federal troops on peaceful po- protesters, right? Yeah, he did that in Lafayette Park, and now Portland, right? Yeah, now now he's got the streets of, well, he's part of Portland, and they're and they're threatening uh, what Baltimore and some Chicago. other place. Chicago. Uh, uh, even I think at one point in time he threatened Detroit, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I said. But Detroit, yep. Okay. Just, just the way I'm watching the news, and it's sort of like okay, trying to understand because he's all over the place. Is it about putting down protest or stopping your daily violent crime, or is it just both? Like, like what what what's happening here? Well, he's using the need to protect federal buildings and monuments to put the jackbooted thugs there. Once they are there, it, it, it's it's a free for all, obviously, w- with what's going on there. Because even in Portland, the mayor and the governor both said that they were making pretty good progress with the protesters until the fascists showed up. And then that's what's escalating things. They, they had it going in the right direction. And it seemed like all the local officials weren't fine with it, but they understood that these people are expressing 
their First Amendment rights and they're trying to work with them. And then all of a sudden here shows the camo fascist with without any credentials. And, yeah, unmarked, unmarked vehicles. Unmarked, unmarked minivans. Yeah, Chrysler must love that. Um, and they're making things worse. Okay, here... Here's another thing that really kind of bothers me about this. Is, is is this how the natural progression of following orders turns into something that is just criminal? Like who who's in charge of this group of law enforcement? And why are they why are they going along with the whims of the president? Are they even true law enforcement or are these well, well are some these are, the are, are uh, immigration officers i guess i heard border patrol or something i had heard part of it was border patrol and then part of it was enforcement to protect these federal buildings and these people are contractors so basically, they're hiring mercenaries to come in and beat on people and shoot them between the eyes with rubber bullets. And okay, so so do we have the 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 lack of uh, uh, check and balance here? There is no check imbalance. Well, that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying, Fred. Is 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 this is this how it starts? Where you think to yourself, okay, you know, the the U.S. Army and the generals today, you know, they say, well, we would never follow through with an unlawful order from any president. They've said, and they've, they 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 recently said that about Trump, right? I think they asked about maybe like, you know kicking him out of office or something. And now he's like backpedaling on leaving. But, but I just, you know, we're hoping and we've always hoped that there's going to be an adult in the room to stand up to Trump and his whims. And it doesn't seem like it's happening again, that no one is, is that who, who's pulling the strings on, on these, uh, you know, pseudo law enforcement, the, what's the other word I'm looking for, are, are willing to do it. Paramilitary. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Par- parallel. Yeah, that's exactly it. Are, are willing to do it. Well, here, here's the, here is. And I'm just problem. waiting for, for something catastrophic to happen. You know, it's going to happen. It has to happen. You, you have, as far as the DOJ goes, you got Peter Griffith running that. So there's nobody in law enforcement who has a lick of independence who would stand up for the country and the Constitution. So that's kind of out, out the window. Then... Wait, wait, wait. What are you, you saying? I'm saying Barr has taken the knees out of the Department of Justice to do anything as far as law enforcement yeah, goes. Yeah, but you still need people to follow through with it. You still need the soldiers to follow. 
That's what right. I'm. That's what that that's what's scaring me right now is the soldiers are following. But who are these people? I mean, we think we know who they are. What if these are these crackpot militias from up north Michigan, and and you yeah, got maybe dumbass seeking these people out said, hey, buddy, you got thousands of dollars invested in all that tactical shit and guns. How about you come to Portland and put them to use? Would you like that? And we'll pay you. That who knows where these people are actually coming from? You know, they can tell us, you know, yeah, they're, they're coming from Border Patrol or they're this special force for federal buildings. Who knows? We've never heard about any special force for federal buildings before. I mean, of course, we, we never had this problem in America. So, yeah, you know. But, but I, I guess my point is, is, is trying to control and trying to counteract what's going on. Because the DOJ is neutered, there's nothing there. And so, okay, we look to Congress to try and reel this co-equal party in and we've got Mitch McConnell and the turtle suckers you know that's all that's left there and they don't have a spine between the hundred of them so I I don't know what to do about this I just think it's going to continue to roll on he's just going to do what he wants to do (laughs) there's nothing there to stop him you 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 hear people like an Adam Schiff. I mean, he's one of the the highest ranking members of the Democrats, and, and you you hope to hear something positive that that they have a way to stop this kind of shit, slow it down, derail it. I don't know what, and, and they don't. <laughs> they really don't. What are they going to do? Impeach him again? What's yeah. that going to do? Whoop de frickin' do. <laughs> you asked about Civil War, right? That's what I'm... I'm just talking about the Civil War on the streets. I'm not talking about the Civil War against, you know, the Billy Bobs and their a- ARs. I'm talking... Because, see, I don't see that ever happening. Well, what I see is the Civil War between law enforcement and protesters, and that escalating. Haven't you heard our, our little friend this week keep referring to the Civil War? Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I, you know, and I, I sometimes wonder when when I hear him or I see him post stuff like that, it's like he's probably on some weird message boards and, he, and he's getting involved with these people because <laughs> they're probably out there. His news um, sources are pretty sketchy. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get the beer too. All right. Lotto, it's your yeah. beer. What you got? Uh, this time, I hope it's better than the last. I, I'm going not for me on that last beer. I got me it. Me too. For sure. Um, it just was vile. Okay. So um, one of these days we're gonna we're gonna do a show with uh a guest from Brew Detroit. Um, and they're a very large brewery here in Detroit. They do their own craft beers, but they're better known for contract brewing. Uh, and they do other big brands. And um, I recently uh, 
uh, have reached out to Brew Detroit regarding some possible contract brewing. But so that kind of led me to a Brew Detroit beer. And uh, this one is called Yumtown. And it is a lager with Michigan tart cherries and some lime. Can't really say I think the name is something that I would ever pick up. And, you know, we can all be victims of marketing. And in this case, this product would be a victim of its own marketing. 4.7% ABV. Not a lot there either. Um, but we have not done a Brew Detroit, have we? I really kind of like the, the the can label. Do you? Yeah, I do. It's fun. I don't know. I just think it's kind of... It's summer. It's fun. Yeah, to me it looks like not a whole lot of thought went into the art. Uh, no, don't, don't discount that. Really... Really interesting color on the pour. And um, uh, I, I got a nice head on this one. So much so, I'm already into several sips as I try and get it down so I can get the rest of the can in. But not over carbonated. A little hazy. Uh, a really unique color. Uh, I, I, as it was going from the can into the glass, I could almost see a pink hue to it from the cherries. I think this can holds more than 16 ounces. It says one pint, but they might be liars. Uh, they're probably they're not. Liars. And even on the head, there's like this strange little hue that I see of red or whatever. Um, but since I'm already a couple sips in, uh, chart, uh, chart, chart, no, chart cherries, tart cherries and lime. And uh, <laughs> he's never coming on this show. Uh <laughs> Uh, I very distinct. I can pick out the cherries and the lime very easily. Do you like that or not? I, I do. I, I like when a beer delivers what it says it's going to. It 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 might run a tad on the sweet side, which is interesting uh, because I it's not as tart. And Michigan cherries are known for their tartness and not their sweetness. Uh, but it's a pretty sweet beer. Who wants to add in? Well, I too like the cherries and the lime jumping out. I, I think it uh, <clears throat> gives the beer a very unique flavor. Might be a hair on the sweet side. I agree there, but uh, it's pretty refreshing. Fairly clean. Great color for sure. So it, it's a really unique color. It, it they, they it's like almost glowing. Mm -hmm. that, that I guess the haziness of the beer is capturing the light, and uh, it's almost kind of glowing. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Uh, 
Nobs, you are without, correct? Yes, I do not have this. Yeah, yeah. Are you enjoying a beverage? Well, you say enjoying. <laughs> we talked about kind of clearing out the fridge. Yeah, so what do you got? Uh, that odd side hot milk. Oh, I still owe a review. Three weeks late, I still haven't put up a uh, Facebook review on that. Yeah, or a Twitter well. review. Um, yep, still kind of gross. Uh, early indications, I'm going to put this in the for me because this is a great summertime beer. This is very refreshing. Uh, hopefully the sweetness sort of tones down a little bit. Uh, but I do like the fact that I get both the cherries and the lime and, and, and they blended them well together. Um, so I like the beer, no question about it. You know, I would never drink it in the wintertime. No, no, no. It's, it's purely a seasonal offering. To me. I've had two beers from Brew Detroit so far. Cloud 19 and Corner Man. I spoke about Corner Man on the show before. I really liked it. And if I could find Yumtown, I would definitely purchase it. Because it sounds right up my alley. Um. Yeah, no, I would, and I would recommend this beer. I absolutely yeah. would. Mm-hmm. There's difficult to find up my way. Not so close to Detroit. Um, and I mean, they're they're a huge operation. So the fact that they can make a good beer shouldn't be surprising, right? Fred, final words. Hmm. I, I I think it's for me. I, I I like it. I definitely see it as a uh, refreshing summer kind of beer. So uh, I'd say for right now, it's for me. Mm-hmm. I, I could see this as a tap offering at you know one of my favorite brewery pubs. <laughs> I, I I could because uh, they do very well with um, uh, fruity beers. Hmm. Um, so earlier, um, and, and, and I, you know, today our culture topic is one of those topics that I think blends both politics to a certain extent and culture, right? It's maybe not the, the, the most lighthearted cultural topic that, <laughs> that we've ever done. <laughs> uh, but I, I sent you an article, uh, today about a Michigan teacher uh, that said he's been fired because he told his students that Trump is our president. We tweeted it, right? Uh, Yeah. Now, of course, that's a bunch of nonsense, right? And I saw the article on Breitbart. (laughs) Um, And so... I I really I, I I immediately put into the comments before even reading the article, I put in the comments he's lying. <laughs> and then when I read the article, guess what? I was right. He was lying because not only did he <laughs> tweet, Donald Trump is our president. He also tweeted, 
liberals suck, man. <laughs> well, he's the, he's the teacher that, you know, might deserve COVID. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Fred, you just, you're rude sometimes. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was being mean to us, so I'm just being mean back. And, you know, I, I was, you know, when, when I first saw this article, I, I thought, is this, is this a good or a bad example of what has now been coined in today's world as cancel culture, which I was not familiar with. So uh, you're obviously familiar with the practice, but you weren't familiar with the term. So it's just been given, you know, a, a formalized sort of moniker that, you know, when when people are shamed to the point of uh, maybe they lose their job or, uh, you know. Uh, the public shaming is so bad that, you know, they they can't go outside or maybe they fear for, for their safety. Um, and, you know, I, I think, um, I think it's a really interesting part of society. And, and I don't know if it's more prevalent, prevalent here in the U.S., or not, you know, we don't, we don't really hear about it. Maybe there just aren't as many douchebags in places like New Zealand. Um, but there's a lot of people in our culture, celebrities, uh, you know, obviously TV and radio personalities, probably some sports figures that have all been shamed to the point of, uh, affecting their livelihood, right? Yeah, I would say so. And and is it a good thing? So, you, you know, I, I think Vox really um, sums it up very nicely in an article that they wrote uh, back in December, as I researched this topic well in advance. Why we can't stop fighting about cancel culture is cancel culture a mob mentality or a long overdue way of speaking truth to power? I mean, I suppose it can be both, right? Yeah, depending on what extreme you take it to. Um, Yeah. uh, Well, that's kind of where, you know, I... The, the first time I really ever thought about cancel culture was uh, when Don Imus, remember him? Oh, yeah, the cowboy hat. Yeah. 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 And he was sort of a shock jock, right? Sort of. Uh, he tried, I guess. You know, he had a huge following for a while. Him and Howard Stern used to go around and around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he talked, he, he made some, uh, I, I kind of looked it up real quick here because I wasn't sure what year it happened. Racially insensitive and sexist comments about a Rutgers women's basketball team in 2007. Oh, gosh, I remember that. 
And, and, you know, at that time, I actually kind of was taking the position that uh, it is if, if public pressure on you for something you said is so great that it affects your ability to, let's say, pursuit of happiness, right? Make a living or whatever. Then in a de facto way, that's kind of running up against the First Amendment. Like it's not, it's not legally limiting your your speak, your speech. But like I said, from a de facto standpoint, that is happening to you. Well, don't say say stupid things. Well, <laughs> right. But what should be the consequences of saying of saying stupid things? Like, mm-hmm. I guess that's the, I, 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 that's the gray area. And and you're right, Fred. I mean, I, I have since thought back at, at, at those rationalizations and have changed my particular point of view. I, I now look at, you know, the First Amendment and free speech in the most black and white terms. And, and that is that the government can pass no law. Yeah. And so so every everything that that the public sector does or the private sector does is well within the bounds and doesn't infringe upon free speech. As long as it's not the government, and and and, and I don't mean the public sector in that way of government. I mean just the mob mentality, right? So, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, in two thousand seven, I wouldn't have defended. Uh, uh, today, I wouldn't have defended Don Imus like I did in two thousand seven. You defended him, eh? I I, I did because. I, I always kind of feel like, you know, uh, does the does the punishment fit the crime? And uh, to, today, I, I would say if you're a public figure and you make racially insensitive and sexist, sexist comments about a woman's sports team, you know, you probably don't deserve to be on the air. So in, in, in that case, the, the punishment does fit the crime. I agree. You know, so so the guy in in in, uh, in Michigan who says, you know, liberals suck. Should, should he lose his job as a teacher because he said liberals suck? But didn't he... In one of the tweets, somehow tie the school into it was wasn't that part so, of the rationale? Oh, I don't know. Maybe no. In that article, it said it was down towards the bottom. It wasn't a very long article. It was at the bottom. <laughs> Breitbart articles usually aren't. They, yeah. Well, they they run out of steam pretty quick. Um, <laughs> but but there there was something about. He, in, in his comments or his tweet, he somehow brought the school in on it too. And and that was kind of their okay to get rid of him. That's the way it, I took it. It says here, according to the news, I think the Detroit News, 
Kucera said he was told by the union that the tweets could be construed as as impeding the business of the school, which would be grounds for firing, especially considering the school's title was listed on his Twitter page. There you go. (laughs) Guilty. Hang him. (laughs) Hang him. Okay, so so simply, okay, so, so simply this going the, back and this saying... This is a non-story all of a sudden. What? It's a non-story all of a well, sudden. Well, no, 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 because then, then, then let, let me take another angle here, right? You're so, making so it simply up saying, Wait, no, no, wait, wait. So if he would have just simply said, um, the these views are my own and not reflective of you know, Wal- Wald Lake School District. Does, does that exonerate him? Those disclaimers never work. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Hang him high. <laughs> I, I mean, you know... Yeah. If he brought we, we, we say a lot of things on this show, Fred. We say a lot of things on this show. I say a lot more than you do. Someone could easily pull a quote within context or out of context, right? And say, "She's Blotto, you shouldn't have said that. And now that you did, no matter how much you tried to qualify it, it still shows that, you know, you're prejudiced against tall people. I am. It's like, are you not? <laughs> but, well, you know, it, it, the only safe places to go are maybe height, and then I could have said against the French. But, <laughs> and, and everyone's down with that. But, anyway. They're Canadians, but they're but back to back, anyway. No, you can't. You can't disparage Canadians. Yeah, you can. But, but back to my point, back to my point. Like, like, what is the proper beginning and end of such cancel culture, right? I mean, we had talked about Louis C.K., right, Nobbs? Yep. Now, when, when he got in trouble for his alleged sexual misconducts, and he didn't really deny it, did he? No, he pretty much came out and admitted it. Yeah. So... So his hiatus lasted only about 10 months. Mm-hmm. And then he was back on the circuit. Is, is, is cancel culture, should it come with a penalty box? <laughs> Kathy Griffin or Griffith. She got thrown in the penalty box, right? Yeah. She's still in it. I haven't heard from her recently. Uh, she's out of the penalty box. She's just not as good as she once was. <laughs> she's. Just sitting on the bench still, though. Yeah. Comedians have a hard time with this, right? Because they they do say things. They're pretty borderline already as it is for that reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, what's the guy, Kramer from Seinfeld? Yeah. uh, Michael Richards? Yeah. 
Still in the penalty box. <laughs> well, I think he probably deserved that penalty. That was a rant. Uh, right. But because because the media and uh, the internet, right, these things are so much more, uh, you know, bullhorned than they used to be. And then the mob mentality takes over. Does it even need to be a mob mentality? Or I is think that that's what makes it happen. Or the perception or, or, of the mob. Or is there even just the risk of there being a mob mentality? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mention this because there's a few episodes of 30 Rock that were taken down from streaming services that no one had any complaints with, but there was a few instances of blackface in them. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, that's not right to have, but if I remember correctly, they were mocking it anyway. So like they were trying to show why it was wrong, but it was still taken down. Uh, there's an episode of Community that dealt with um, bullying and there was a a reference to Dungeons and Dragons with a race that are dark skinned, and that was taken down. And there, there was no outcry over these episodes. Yeah, I think that's. I'm not sure that fits in with the cancel culture as much as it is, and they're they're. I guess they're intertwined, and that is cancel culture and political correctness, right? Like, I think of cancel culture mostly as attacking individuals. Uh, I, I take it as a more widespread, just getting rid of anything that is potentially offensive. Mm. And do you think it goes too far? I think sometimes it because can, when, yeah. when you frame it like that, you're almost... You're almost, you know, admitting right there you think it goes too far. I would say so. Yeah, I think there's the threat of the public outrage and companies can react a little bit too much and it, it goes a little bit too far. Um, you, you know, one of, the, one of the names that I mentioned as we discussed this uh, before airing was Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. and 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 he's also mentioned in the Vox article. Um, <laughs> however, he's mentioned in the same sense as Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. You know, but the difference is those guys are sitting in jail, <laughs> right? Uh, and Kevin Spacey's accuser eventually went away, didn't he? Didn't Did he backpedal he or something? Die. Like that? <laughs> I don't know why that strikes me as funny. See, it's not. If, if, if people if people heard this, then they would want to cancel Potoms up. Um, Kevin Spacey accuser dies by suicide. <laughs> I'm not making it up for a joke. It happens. 
Um, he went away because he died, Blottle. You know, one of the one of the uh, one of the more recent notables in cancel culture is uh, uh, J.K. Rawlings. Is that her name? J.K. Harry Potter. Uh, yes, yeah, J.K. Rawlings, Rawlings, whatever. Uh, you know, because she has expressed some. Uh, unpopular views, I, I think, regarding chan- transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if if she's, you know, feeling the outcry. There's been outcry. I don't, you know what I mean. But are people not buying her books or seeing her movies or her plays or whatever she's up to nowadays? Right. At this point, she probably doesn't care. Yeah, not at all. Well, here we go. Uh, Rowling has not returned to Twitter since the initial offending tweet. It's impossible to truly ignore public scorn at the level that Rowling received, and therein lies cancel culture at its most powerful. So they shut her off of Twitter. Not because... That's probably a good uh, thing. Twitter shut it down because the public said, you know, we don't want you anymore. Yeah, and if she writes another book, it'll sell a billion. But Liars. to your but what Liars. you were saying, what you were saying, uh Fred is is good. Then don't say you know, disparaging things against transgender people, JK, right? Right. right. Yeah. Like like y- y- you know, as a as a, a by and large free market capitalist, let them let the market dictate. And if the market dictates that people don't like her anymore because of things that she she says, so be it. And, and you know, non story. She has to be <laughs> completely aware of when she says something like that, the reaction she's going to get. She's not surprised. She can't be surprised by the reaction. <laughs> I, I, there's no way. So is the is the is the first quote unquote modern day example of cancer culture like Jimmy the Greek? <laughs> <laughs> was it the monkey? No, that was. Or was the maggot? Which that was. was that was Cosell. Oh, that was Cosell. Oh, yeah. Jimmy the Greek. Was his the... Um, the muscle? Uh, run faster, jump higher. Because of the extra muscle? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> now, uh, for kids that never heard, look him up. But I'm looking him up right now. <laughs> That 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 to me is the first example I can think of, and there might be something before before that. But his career was basically ended when he said that. And what what made me think of that, Fred, is because you said Rawlings knew what she was writing. Jimmy well, the I, Greek didn't know. Jimmy, Jimmy the Greek was just ignorant. He he he. he I, I don't think he understood what he was saying and the way that it would be perceived. Jimmy the Greek was a mook. <laughs> That's why he said that. 
<laughs> perfect, perfect description of Jimmy. He was a mook. <laughs> Come on, look at that guy. He's a mook. <laughs> What's a mook? You know what a mook is. Know, Just by the way I'm saying the word, know you know what, what a mook is. If you don't know, uh, watch Mean Streets, the Martin Scorsese film. I think they use that term ad nauseum. You fucking mook. Hey, what's a mook? I don't know, but I don't like it. <laughs> I never saw that movie. Oh, he's trying to hit him with a pool stick. <laughs> what was that? You learning anything about Jimmy the Greek there? Oh, um, yeah, he says some really horrible things, apparently. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, in, you know, 1972 or whenever he said these things, I don't, I don't think he knew they were horrible. Maybe he did. And there's, there's probably some sociologists out there that would say, oh, yeah, he knew. 88. Whatever it was. I was old enough to remember it, for sure. Uh, well, I don't think we're going to solve this today. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and I, I, I generally lean more in your camp today, Fred, than I did in 2007 with Don Imus. I generally lean towards let the let the market play itself out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, but there's always the loud minority, but the loud minority doesn't mean they're wrong. And they want, and when they want JK Rawlings to get off of Twitter, get off of Twitter. I'm sure she found something else to do with her billions. So, <laughs> The joke is on them. She's gonna write. She's gonna write another book, and 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 all those. Her and fans. Betsy DeVos are going shopping together. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't care. Jackets at the Hobby Lobby. Jeez! Oh, wow. Perfect. That's just like the. That's like the quad factor or something. Yeah. Right there. All right. Well, we can't beat that. So, how about a bottoms up and we're out? Any, up. Th any last thoughts on the beer? Oh yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm just uh, uh, taking it slow though, kind of full. Yeah, me too. But I would definitely okay. have have one outside. Yeah, I, I'd say it's for me. Yeah. Overall. Yep. Who's who's turn next podcast? Where are we at on the rotation? Uh, if this was yours, then it would be Freddo. Mm. Okay. It's a date. Right. Soon enough, I'll I'll get some growlers. Okay. All right. That'd be fun. Maybe my next time around. <laughs> okay. I like it. All right. All right, guys. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Out. Politics, some culture and craft beer. Politics, and that is why you're here. Politics.
Adam's up.